a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open, Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown, Bulldogs! It's the MVSP Season 4, Episode 55. The Big 5-5, five five, Brandon, if I'm not mistaken? I believe so, I believe so. Man, what a journey it's been so far. But we got a big episode for you guys coming up. Huge schedule of Ferris State stuff to go over from last weekend. Whole bunch of stuff was in action. I mean, we got softball, track, tennis, golf, the whole nine yards, and we're ready to give it to you as well as NHL playoffs start today. Haven't talked about that in a while. Very excited for that, Brandon. As well as probably some other stuff that'll come up as we always usually get on rants and tangents all the time. So... Let's get right into it, Brandon. Let's get right into it. Starting with softball, the most recent games played yesterday as you're listening to this live on Monday. Uh, Took on a very good Grand Valley team. Of course, you want to get the W against our rivals, but they're a nationally ranked team for a reason, and they certainly showed it in that game. They can mash. Yes. They can mash. like There had to have been a 30-mile-an-hour winds coming in from center field, like just right at their face, and they... We're smoking it to the wall. Yeah. I they had two, almost two. Well, they had one home run, but almost another one. Yeah. Based off the feedback, I was kind of tracking the score a little bit on our way back, which we'll get into that here in just a bit. That whole adventure down to Pennsylvania. But the whole thing I was looking at was obviously going into this game. We had talked before, obviously, this last week. Really gave them a run down in Allendale. 2-1 game. It was really back and forth. A slugfest defensively. Pitchers were fantastic. So you, you kind of saw that starting there through the first couple innings of this game. Like it was only two, nothing after three, if I remember correctly. And then the fourth inning, they just went absolutely bananas and just really rocked our pitching staff. And that just happens in the game of softball. I know we say that so many times, I'm sure it gets pretty much just washed over and you, you can just be so repetitive about it. But that's the thing is just being able to really be resilient in those moments where teams are looking to put up crooked numbers is what makes some of these teams very, very good. And they're the ones that can take that momentum and put a crooked number on the scoreboard in your favor. So it was just a really uphill battle uh, against this team. Obviously, Grand Valley, one of the best teams in the nation. But, I mean, I think we proved that we can play with them. I mean, we proved it in that game the first time. Obviously, uh, the doubleheader secondary game was rained out as well as this one due to Mother Nature wreaking havoc on us once again. Um, but I think when you looked at it, just it was just really hard to find any true momentum offensively. I think we only finished the game with about three hits. I mean, we were facing the best <clears throat> yeah. pitcher in the Gleak and Hannah beat us. There's no question Didn't about it. the country. Yeah, she, she was wild. Yeah, she she has some nasty stuff. But uh, I, it's just a really tough task to find ways to get on base. And uh, I mean, she certainly had her best stuff, and we just couldn't quite get the bats to it and get on base whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a cutter or a slider or what, but that pitch that she has, that like her signature pitch, at least like 15 inches of break. Like it'll start on the outside of, or like if it's a lefty, it'll start on the outside, probably like a ball length off of the plate and then come in and just almost hit him. And it's like, it was just wild to see because it was also coming in at probably like 65 miles an hour, which is just wild. And we were getting jammed up a lot. There were some times where we put it in play a couple times, but it's been, that's the thing. We were able to get contact a lot, but it was just kind of weak little dribblers that got us jammed by the hands around the end of the bat. And I think that was the problem is we were able to kind of time her up a little bit, but her array of pitching was definitely one of the main reasons why they were able to, you know, keep us so low with, uh, with our offensive ability. And then also their offense just took huge huge capitalization, a lot of the mistakes that we made. Uh, so it was kind of just a double-edged sword there that kind of compounded into that 10-0 loss. But I think, yeah, what you said, Brandon, we can hang with them uh, if if we play well enough because we did before with that 1-0 loss and we were able to kind of uh, have it going a little bit in the first and second innings. We were playing really solidly defensively and kind of flirting with it a little bit offensively, getting walks and stuff like that. But uh, you can definitely tell GV is 30-3 and overall for a reason. Yeah, it's just getting on base in those kind of games because when you see zeros and zeros starting to stack up on you early on in the game, especially a game that you're close in, that you know you're on the doorstep and mm-hmm. you're playing with these good of teams, it can just be a little bit deflating because you're like, we're right there, but we just can't get over the hump, right? You just need that one inning. And unfortunately, really, before we could try to get that momentum going, they hung the crooked number on us and we couldn't obviously uh, answer before the game was put out in five due to 
uh, due to circumstances. But I think when you look at the team, obviously huge wins before that. I mean, just being able to really get the momentum going with a couple wins uh, in the win column, especially going into this game. Obviously, the momentum kind of wrecked a little bit from this game. I know, obviously, uh, a lot of the ladies wanted that win so badly as much as we did. Uh, but you still had some really good momentum going into this game that obviously you can go back to uh, in this scenario. Obviously, with Davenport got the sweep against them, that was much needed uh, in the conference standings as well as taking a split against really good teams in Ashland and Ohio Dominican. So I think you can definitely put those things um, into the process and just say, you know what? We played it well for three innings against a good team. Obviously, didn't go our way the last two. Forget about it. It's a new week. It's a new day. And it's a new slate to try to get and win some games. So Wisconsin Parkside on deck next. uh, A team that got to us a little bit on that Saturday pink out game. And I know um, we can definitely play with that team. There's no question about it. So this will be a really good revenge test on the road at their place. And obviously Purdue, we had success with at home with that walk-off winner. And to walk off and win that sweep. Um, against them earlier in the season. So it's going to be really crucial um, to be able to really get that momentum going back again. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit tough on the road, but you have that previous success against these teams. You saw that process. It's starting to come together. As long as we can get on base, steal some bags, because that's where the true positive momentum can come from with this team. That's an advantage we have is we have fast base runners and being able to get on base. First of all, that can be the crucialest part of the game because then obviously once you get on base, you get to steal runners, and now you're relying on one hit to score a run rather than three. That takes the pressure off. That makes you play better softball. Yeah, that's pretty big time right there. Yeah, brings confidence all the way around. Yeah, and that's uh, GV. Their catcher had a can as well. So that's one of the main reasons we had three caught stealing uh, when we did kind of have a little bit of uh, flirting with scoring there, but uh, it was tough looks. But yeah, three out of the four double headers left in the season are on the road, so it's going to be a little bit of a test against three pretty good teams, and then we'll have Wayne State at home next week, Friday. Uh, as well. So. Yeah, basically, I looked up the uh, the number you threw out at 65 miles per hour because I wanted to know what the equivalent was. I found some that's a 91. Yeah. that's It sounds about right. She was slinging. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, 65, obviously, in baseball terms, much different than in softball terms, right? Yeah. 60 foot, 6 inch mound for baseball. Also 15 feet closer. Right, softball's 45. So, obviously, that amount of timing it's really about the same. It is absolutely chopped in half. Well, basically, I'm that most of most of D1 pitchers, when you get to like a college World Series type situation, and they're slinging at 71, 70, 70 to seventy five, like pretty good for D2. Yeah, that's and, pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's and, elite, that's for sure. So she's a heck of a pitcher, man, and that she definitely had her best stuff. But that's okay. We learned. We will use that in the process, get better, and hopefully get us back this weekend. So. Wisconsin Parkside will be the next game on deck, uh, followed by Purdue Northwest. Those games Saturday and Sunday, 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock each, down in Kenosha and Hammond. Hopefully getting four wins out of that would be absolutely crucial because right now in the standings, falling behind a little bit, but we're not out of it. That's the biggest thing. We're not out of it just yet. Right now we're sitting, I believe, right now in fourth uh, with that advantage over Davenport. That was a really big, big win. Uh, especially getting two of them uh, to really help us leapfrog into that four spot because that's going to be crucial when it comes down to seeding. Uh, right now, within the driver's seat, only two games back of Purdue Northwest, so we're going to have an opportunity to take two from them as well as a Parkside team that's down lower in the standings that we know we can beat. So this is going to be a really big test for this club and a really big weekend on deck for Coach Schumann. So time, to, time to get hot. Because get hot. postseason is right here, and this is the most perfect time to get on a little bit of a roll. Yes, start that, the campfires up. Get the bats rolling. Absolutely. Uh, so that's softball. We're going to hop into, I don't know, tennis? Want to rock tennis? Go for it. Tennis, big time. Men's, Serve it up. I mean, no big deal. It's just like Gliak champions or yeah. nothing like that. Huge wins over the weekend uh, for them. They were able to, what was that, second, third year in a row or something like that? Oh, it's a lot in a row. Consistent success is definitely the name for this team. I mean, you can see it already. I mean, just being able to get that sweep from the weekend, battling elements. Obviously, Michigan Tech had their senior day, hung a crooked number on them. Lake State really put up a good fight. I got to give them credit for that, uh, making it a 4-3 thriller. Um, But, I mean, just the depth of this team. It, it, we can't talk. We can't talk about it and stress enough how good that depth is for Coach Doran's squad on the men's side. I mean, the women's side obviously has the depth too, and they're gonna they're gonna see that success come on later uh, with that development of that team because they are still very young. Um, but I mean, really crucial regular season victory. Obviously, you get the number one seed. You're gonna be awaiting Davenport and Purdue as Joe just showed us here on the big board. So 
I, that those are two teams that we've been able to really compete well against. So that's a really favorable matchup. Uh, and I think the biggest thing really, especially, um, obviously there's situations where buys can be good and buys can be bad. Now, is that necessarily a concern for Ferris being number one seed? I don't think so, because I think where the way that we've been playing and obviously just be able to get some rest, especially because over the last couple of weekends, we've had to we had to double down a couple of times, especially this mm-hmm. last weekend against Lake State and Michigan Tech. Um, but I think it's just going to be a crucial uh, moment where we're going to be seeing what we saw from Davenport and Purdue teams that we both beat at home earlier this year and seeing what kind of things they're going to try to throw at you lineup wise, because they're going to try something right. Both these teams are in the mix. They're going to have their best matchups. They're going to try to put forward. And as a coach, you're going to see that. And obviously as competitors, you're going to see that. So being able to look at those matchups, see where you're at, and then you can have that moment to adjust your game a little bit, not necessarily saying throw it all out and try something different, but being able to be ready, practice against those kind of tactics you're going to see. And that can be a huge benefit going in because obviously we've seen it happen before in so many tournament formats, just because you're the number one seed doesn't mean you're automatically going to win it. Yeah, that's for sure. And especially with uh, these two teams that we are probably going to be, or that we'll be facing in the second round uh, with Davenport and Purdue Northwest has had success with them. So uh, that's something to look forward to. But on the other side of that bracket, you have some tough teams with GV, Lake State, and Wayne State who all kind of gave us a little bit of a struggle. I mean, GV, we still won 5-2, but that Wayne State team is legit. And so is uh, that Lake State team that we saw with that 4-3 thriller as well. But huge huge W's over the weekend, securing that regular season championship again for Coach Doran's squad. And that was really good to see, especially seeing, you know, I've always love always to see Ferris State succeed, which is huge. Absolutely. And especially when um, you kind of look at the women's side as well, obviously um, getting the win against Lake State, very big. We'd had been on a little bit of an up and down season so far, uh, but just being able to pick up that win, obviously crucial, 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 <laughs> crucial. That's a new one. I don't know where that one came from, um, but being able to get that momentum, obviously Michigan Tech, good team, took us down a little bit of a heartbreaker uh, for how well we had played that day before um, on their senior day. But Michigan Tech's also a very good team um, and that is showed in the seedings as well. But uh, I think especially for the women's, it's it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a, a growing year because obviously we're in a position that we haven't seen quite in a while. I mean, we're out of the tournament, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and that and that's a little that's a tough pill to swallow. But the way that this team continued to fight all season, it, it definitely is a testament to the character of the team, how hard they work, uh, and obviously. It's it's a little upsetting. I feel really bad for him because obviously we talked to Parker Nolan on the show. We talked to Coach Doran. Uh, it was an uphill battle for them a lot of this year, and especially going into this year, a lot, a lot of new players and a lot of new faces and new places. And then obviously uh, a couple of players coming back from injury, um, just trying to get the feel of the game again. It's tough. It, it really is tough. It was an uphill battle this season, but I mean, just being able to really compete and beat a lot of these good teams, like staying on the road, obviously Davenport at home, uh, being able to be ranked in the top 50 uh, regionally definitely is an improvement. And I think that definitely can show that this team has a lot of great potential this year. It just really was a tough hill, but uphill battle in conference play. And that skid, unfortunately, really just threw us in a loop. And on, it, that's just how sometimes the season goes. You get in a funk and unfortunately for tennis, the season's so short, if you get into a funk a little bit too early, really hard to dig yourself out of it. Yeah, especially, I mean, if you look at that Florida trip as well, it was always a tough thing to go through. And I mean, Coach Norton said it might have been a little bit too early to schedule some of those uh, top 10, top 15 teams in the country, uh, especially for, you know, coming, especially coming back from there, hopping right into GLIAC play and then kind of getting in a little bit of that skid. But I still think you got to really give them credit for where they're able to kind of turn around, especially with Davenport and then also going to Grand Valley, who's another uh, top 25 team in the country. But if you're able to look at a lot of the positives, when we were able to play really well, when we had players who weren't really fighting that injury anymore, who were really gelling well and really were playing their best tennis, we could compete with anybody. And that's really what is the big thing about it is because it's going to show a lot of the returners that are coming back next year are going to be able to come back even better. And I think they're going to really make some noise, especially uh, when they come back uh, ready for that 2024 season. Yeah, I Even think that 2023 fall season. Yeah, exactly. I think this is going to be a much, um, I was, I'll say a much better circumstance than I think a lot of people can consider it on the, on the base level. Because you see this season is kind of, if you're looking straight up at the record and for how this team can play to years past, it's a failure. 
But that's not necessarily the case. Obviously, we talked about how they had to fight uphill the entire season. And those things aren't necessarily throwing the whole season away. This is a season that can really help build you back up. And obviously, we have a positive outlook as Bulldog fans itself. But I think especially, like I know that I've been through uh, some of these things with some of the programs I've been a part of where you go through the funk of it. But when you get back to work and you start to use that as motivation, as the just the, uh, the the fire that lights the flame within your preparation, your training year round, it can be a deadly, deadly weapon that you can use to make this a juggernaut team. And I think that is something that we can see from this team um, because we've seen it. We've talked about the consistent success of the tennis programs year after year, right? We haven't been in a position like this in a little bit, but that's okay. Because obviously, where do you grow and be able to be the best you can be? From the situations where you're a little uncomfortable. I'm sure it's uncomfortable knowing that you have to be on the bench and watching this tournament this year for how well that they had played, especially at the beginning of the year. You can use that. And that can make this team really deadly next year. I can call that out right now that they will be a team to watch. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing them bounce back over this next season. But uh, it's going to be definitely uh, a really good season, I think, for tennis as a whole. Obviously, we'll be covering men's. Uh, here as the GLIAC tournament will commence, I believe, coming up here next week, I believe. Oh, this upcoming weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but we'll have Friday off. So yeah. it'll be Saturday and Sunday, so we'll get that <clears> to tennis. you on next Monday show. Yeah. Yes. So uh, good luck to tennis as well. Uh, they're going to be a really fun tournament this year. Looking yeah. forward to seeing that come to fruition. It's going to be a good time, man. It's going to be a good time. Real you good want, time. Yeah. Real good time. Real good time. You want me to talk? Is that what it is? I was. I thought you were going to keep going. Yeah. I, I think I, gonna, I'll keep I her going. You're going to transition to the next one. I won't lie, guys. Uh, we got back. Hey, yeah. Let's. We'll go into track here, so I can go on. I can go on this yeah, tangent yeah, a little can, bit. Back can. from Bucknell. Uh, definitely. Speaking of uphill battles, certainly was, and it wasn't necessarily due to the competition aspect. Um, but got back at like five thirty this morning. So bear with me on little hours of sleep on the bus as well as a short nap I was able to grab when we got home at five thirty this morning. So. Uh, it's definitely uh, a trip that I won't forget good things and bad things. Uh, but that's okay. It makes it a whole experience. So, uh, you, we knew it was going to be a little bit of an uphill battle right out of the gate. We got about an hour and a half down the road. Bus broke down. Turbo valve gone. Wait, we had to go Man, get that's parts. Unfortunate. Wait for a parts guy to come fix it, which he was gracious enough to try to get down there as fast as he could. Uh, he missed our, our location a couple times, had to swing back around. So we had to wait a little extra than we wanted to, a little a little long. Uh, but we were able to get back on the road and uh, able to just, I mean, we were supposed to get down to, uh, we usually stop at a, a college and we usually um, uh, get to their track and we'll do some of our prep work day before meet. We'll do all of our striders and stuff like that on the track. Usually we get there around 1231 in years past. This year we got there at 530. Definitely a little bit of a predicament with obviously the the weather and the, just that sort of stuff. But uh, it was a, it was an uphill battle from there. We had to have a little bit of a late dinner, got into the hotel a little bit later than we wanted to. Uh, but I mean, for the circumstances, a lot of guys ran well. I mean, especially from this meet being uh, an elite invite meet. Not everybody got to make it this meet, unfortunately, due to the standards. But uh, it it really shows out as one of the best meets in the entire country over this weekend because there's a lot of really, really, really good teams there. And that's something that I always look forward to year after year at this meet just because you don't see four steeple heats in too many meets. You're lucky enough to make one most of the time, but this one has four and everybody in it is very, very good. But uh, some notable results from that meet, Bree Copley 11th in discus, 41-4-1 meter throws as well as 18th in shot put. Rebecca Marvin was also 29th in that category. Naya Tyrone got 17th in the 400 hurdles with a 104.92. Very good performance from her, especially later in the day because she had to compete, I believe it was at 530, uh, which was also an hour and a half later than the scheduled uh, start due to the weather and stuff like that, But uh, and especially in the heat during her race, so it was very good performance. Uh, Donis Harris, 19th in the 5K, 14.27, like clockwork. Uh, He'll have a breakout performance, I'm sure, coming up here soon. Uh, Dan Hardesty, 15th as well. Uh, as uh, Noah Griffith, I believe, was around 20th uh, in the 1500 meters. Both very, very good performances. Dan getting a sub nine or sub nine, excuse me, sub four performance at 359. Uh, 25th for myself in Steeple uh, with a PR 928. Definitely really enjoyed that race. One I won't never forget. Um, as well as Kyle Drew, our 23rd in the hammer throw uh, in that invitational section. But I mean, the meet definitely by itself, obviously very humid. 
over there in the Northeast due to obviously all the storm systems that we've had pushing through, um, as well as just the, the absolute heat fest that we've had so far uh, over this last couple of weeks. I mean, we had, what, 70 degrees last week, and we walked in yeah. the studio today and it was snowing. <laughs> it was 30, 30 degrees this morning. That's just... I left my window open last night with a fan in there. Oh, no. Forgetting that it was... 30 degrees. Oh, no. I had an alarm set for 9 a.m. to oh, kind of no. do some stuff, and I just stayed in bed. I was like, it is way too cold in my room, and I was not about to get out of bed for a little bit. Yeah, that happens. But Procrastinate a little bit for sure. But. It happens, but, uh, I mean, if this with the conditions. Obviously, had some things not go our way when it was considered with travel plans and some of those things. Um, just, it was an uphill battle the whole weekend. I won't lie. I'll be pretty transparent. Like, it was... Outs like we obviously had some pretty good races, um, but I mean compared to last year, it was a much much tougher climb than it was a year ago, and I think that just was a testament to uh, a lot of the uh, I mean especially the guys and gals that went, and I think especially as we were talking about it, like we really f- just find our way to push through the elements and still put up great performances even though we shouldn't, and I think that was a testament to this team for especially for how many guys were right around their PRs or really close to it. After all the circumstances of getting into the hotel four hours later than we, w- we were supposed to uh, and projected a couple late nights um, due to just, just stoppages for no, like at time I've learned one thing this weekend. Time is something you should never take for granted, no matter what extra time or extra window you ever have, because there if any, if there was anything in the book that you could get delayed for, we went through it this weekend, and it was it was a really, really tough mental battle, but still a lot of great performances, a couple PRs, especially uh, from Cindy Kubiak in the 5K, as well as Whitney Farrell. Those two were very well. I don't believe they were actually put on the, the recap, which is unfortunate because they had really good PR performances as well, um, as Danae Felschpach, Daisy England as well in the 800 did very well, Andrew Shaffley as well. Um, and I think that when it looks to just the testament of this weekend, we were, we were battling the best of the best, not only – on the track, but off the track. And I think that just shows the, the, the testament and the grittiness of this team. And obviously, you're not going to see that just reading up uh, this six-paragraph recap that you can see online. But obviously, you can get the, the highlights and stuff from that. But that meet was way more than the seven lines that you'll see on that recap. There's no question about it. And obviously, you can talk to any team member that went on this trip. And you'll obviously get the feedback that it was very, very tough. Very, very tough circumstances. Just a lot of mental struggles. But we still push through it and put great results, and that's just making this team more hungry for Al Owens this weekend. Sure, man. Yeah, definitely tough stuff. But anyway, moving over now to finish out. Golf was in action this weekend. Gliak tournament for the men. Got to the semifinal round of match play after a good weekend in round one. Fell up short against a good Wayne State team, unfortunately, in match play. Um, still, I think when you looked at how well this team played, I think there was definitely a lot of highlights positively that you can look at. Um, for especially, I think when you look at, uh, obviously the three, one, one, uh, loss to Wayne state was tough, but I think when you look back, I mean, we were in pretty good positions, especially, I mean, Zach corner, he took care of business right out of the gate, uh, really kind of fought his way back against some of those elements, um, early on. But I think, uh, when you looked at, especially down the stretch, uh, I think the biggest thing when you looked at was. Uh, Wayne State really took fire later on in the later rounds with their later pairings, and that's really kind of what helped them get to victory was being able to get out, especially in those later rounds, and be able to make those pushes, um, especially in those final holes, because that was really the difference in in when you look at, because obviously two strokes, two strokes, one stroke, um, that they were able to win in those two, three, and four pairings, but it was just coming down to those last couple holes, as you can see on the score sheet, where they went in to that back nine, and we're able to get a couple numbers uh, a little bit better than us and just kind of one hole, two holes at a time, just try to get one stroke and try to stretch it out a little bit. Uh, and that definitely got us thrown into a loop a little bit and unfortunately came out in the losing end, but still a really good performance from Coach Stark squad. Obviously, we talked to him last week about how good these teams have been and how hard they've been working. Um, so still a lot of positives that you can look at, and especially when you look at how well Wayne State really has stepped up this year. I mean, they definitely monumental strides they made forward, especially making that final where they eventually fall to GV, but they still have had a heck of a season. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. I think too, especially when we were talking to coach Stark and he said, it's, you know, it's not, you know, a team loses by however many combined strokes, by five strokes. It's, 
one person is, you know, behind one stroke or two strokes. Right. right? And that's kind of the big thing is uh, you have a team who is able to really compete. I mean, two strokes really is not that much. It's just a bad hole here and there. It's just making sure that you're consistent throughout that whole 18 hole match. Uh, because that's going to be the big difference of whether or not you're going to be able to have that success. I mean, especially when you look at what was it last year or two years ago when we won that Gleak tournament, yep. uh, we were just playing super solid those last couple of weeks. We got really consistent, hit our stride uh, with a lot of it. And especially the nice thing too was it was really great weather all throughout. So you were able to kind of get a feel for the ball. But I mean, it's kind of just been a little bit of a, I guess a perfect storm for not being able to get in our groove, uh, especially with how bad the bad the weather's been these last couple of weeks, and not being able to get on the course too much, having to travel uh, for a lot of the a lot of the tournaments that we were playing in, and especially when you go against this good Wayne State team who's been having a lot of success so far this season, uh, it was always uh, a tough thing to see. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit of a uh, an unfinished feeling. Obviously, something that comes to mind, uh, but I think when you look at it in a sense of big picture. Uh, obviously we got the women's coming up next and then mm-hmm. obviously the men will be awaiting a potential bid for regionals uh, coming up here in a little bit. But I think when you still see how well this team's really played over the last couple of years, I think you can see the consistency there. And that's something that not a lot of programs have been able to see. Like you're just looking at last year, right? Wayne State was a team that broke out this year. But before that, they were kind of a little bit down and out. They weren't necessarily a team uh, that had that consistent success. Look where Davenport is, a team that last year, Played phenomenal, and they finished eighth in the tournament this year. That that's, that's just tough, how it man. goes. But I mean, we're consistently right there. Us and of course that team down south have always been in those championship pairings, and I think that's just a testament to how well they've played. And that's something, unfortunately, come up shorter than you wanted to. Obviously, we would love to made the final and hold up that trophy for the second time in three years. But I think you still saw a lot of good things, and obviously a lot of the these guys. Uh, some of them in their final seasons, unfortunately, but obviously guys like Caleb Bond as well as Drayton Cleaver uh, will be able to learn from this, and they'll be able to apply it in their next tournament coming up. So uh, I think that's something that they can really put together, uh, and it'll be very interesting to see where this team goes from there because I think it'll definitely be a good learning experience for a lot of the young guys and for the old or for the older guys, especially upperclassmen that could be on their way out after this season. I mean, that's a hats off to them for that consistent success and really making this program a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, and that's uh that's a big thing too. It's always, I mean, especially for Fair State men's golf, we've have the most GLIAC titles out of anybody in the in the conference right now. Uh, with I think it was what twenty one, something like that, something like that. Uh, yeah, if I, if I remember correctly, but uh, we have a history of success, and I know that this uh this loss here in the semifinals definitely going to kind of light a fire for next year and be ready for uh. You're ready for the dogs next year because I think they're going to come back, especially a lot better. Seeing that too, I mean, you had what two of the top three top golfers out on internship and and uh, doing other things like that. Well, who yeah. was it? It was uh, oh, a couple. Yeah, a couple of guys fighting the PGM things were yeah, definitely a little tough because that's that, a tough part, especially with scheduling because you got guys who are incredibly good at golf. I mean, oh, who was it? That's out. We have three guys that are out on. Oh, on internship right now. I'm trying to think right now who it is, but I'm not. I'm don't. Coach ask. Stark told us too, and I yeah, can't remember. Yeah, we told us off air. So sorry, Coach Stark. We we promised we were listening. I don't. I actually can't pin it off the top. Of my, was it uh, Nathan? Yeah, was it Nathan Cranick? Yeah, I don't was remember one. the second one is. <laughs> and I also, yeah, I don't remember the other one either. Was it Shane? Oh, maybe it was it Shane been. or Trent. Maybe. No, it wasn't Trent, was it? No. There was definitely two <laughs> golfers that were really good that are not playing this year because of scheduling with the PGM program. Yeah. And I think if we just get that figured out, we'll be A-OK. I promise, guys. It's it's the three hours of sleep. I promise. Yeah, we're, it's, it's the memory is jog right now. Going from a 70-degree day to just a 40-degree drop, it's... Taking a toll on us. I'm telling you taking what. A it's toll on taking us. a toll on us. I am struggling. Oh, that's okay. We're going to keep it we're rolling. Fine, man. We're fine. For you guys. We're good. We're professionals, and that's what professionals do. Well, sure, most of the time. But yeah, anyway. Hanging out. Yeah. Uh, definitely some good results this weekend. A lot coming up here um, for this upcoming weekend. A lot at stake as well, especially tomorrow, y'all. If you are around tomorrow, that's Tuesday, 7 p.m., Heart-to-heart, hand-in-hand, unified basketball game. Going to be going down to Wink Arena. Turns out, yours truly got put on the microphone? I don't know how that went down. But I'm going to be on PA for this game. So let me trust you when I say this. It's going to be a fun time. So make sure you make your way over 
do benefit Special Olympics. There's going to be a lot of great stuff going down. There's going to be halftime entertainment as well as post-fourth quarter entertainment as well. So make sure you stick around for the entire game. It's going to be great. Dunk contests, some of the best, fairest athletes on campus as well as a couple of really funny fan interactives as well as a game environment that we are going to absolutely have a ball putting together. So it's going to be fun. Make sure that you you can obviously show up to the game, but you can also donate as well. We'll have a Venmo code around to support Special Olympics. Any dollar amount is a huge help um, to send these great athletes in the great cause forward for this event. So it's going to be great. And I mean, obviously the coaches will be there doing their coaching thing. Obviously me and Joe will be there and all the sports com peeps. Um, so you can come say hi to us too. If you love the show, you can come to let us know. So we'll be around somewhere. We'll probably be running uh, like chickens with our head cut off, but we'll be doing something, man. We'll be hanging out. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be in the building. You can come tell us how much you love the MVSP if you want, as well as you can follow us on social media and all of our podcasting platforms. Uh, but as well, spring game. Coming up Spring game coming up, baby. Very soon, Let's go. Very soon. I'm excited for that one. Spring game is always uh, a great time, especially since, you know, we haven't been in that press box in a while. Kind of get a new feel for uh, being back out there, which is always a great time, especially seeing that, you know, it's going to be more of a celebration for the national championship again. That was the same thing as last year's spring game, but probably going to be even more with uh, going back to back this year. And I mean, dude, spring game is always just a good, uh, good reminder of how much fun f- football is to work because that is definitely the best, uh, Best time of the year around here at Fair State. Yeah, it's a great environment. So Friday the 21st, 5.30 at Top Taggart Spring Game. Red versus white going to be going down. Or maybe they'll switch colors. Maybe it'll be red versus black. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. We'll have to find out. So you'll have to show up on Friday at 5.30. This might be just a wild question that you probably don't remember. Did we ever wear our gray unis this year? We wear them once at Northern Michigan. Ah. And that's probably why I don't remember because... I no, I wasn't at that I game. Was say, I was also not at that game. So yeah, I think we'll, makes sense. We always wear them once a year. I think that's the general rule of thumb. Was the gray you unis are wore once a year? Once a year, yeah. Because those are like our alternate alternates. Yes, there are our true alternates now that we have the blacks. So I think there. I don't know if that'll still be in the contingency for next year. If that's going to stay the case, because obviously be. we probably might get like a new look of black jerseys, most likely. Because I know that was like the cool. I mean, we won our like blacks that. all the way through and won the Natty. Yeah, so. we had to wear the whites. <laughs> we had to wear the whites at GV, but yeah, I mean that's gonna be a hard thing to turn down. Is how well those black uniforms turned out. But I think the rule of thumb is the grays make one appearance a year. I'm not totally sure if that's still the case now that we have the black uniforms. That makes sense because there was two years ago there was also like one appearance in the grays, and that was at a. Uh, that was, that was on like the road as well. Yeah, like yeah. We oh, gosh. I don't remember what that one is. I, don't I know, promise. I can't our, think back two years ago. Our memories are okay. They're okay. They're okay. They're okay. But I'm looking be- forward to it, though, because it's going to be a solid show. I mean, we got a lot of guys who are who are leaving, uh, going on to either like the draft or just graduating, which is going to be tough to see them go. But I think it's going to be really cool because you're going to see a little bit different looks. I mean, you got, I think it's Connor Neer is going to be the defensive coordinator. And I think whoever the offensive captain is, is going to be the offensive coordinator. Oh. From what I've heard from my inside sources in the construction management. Whoa, look at Connor that. Neer. Look at that. That's going to be fun, actually. I yeah, think it'll be cool. Wasn't it uh, Arizona State had the Boston boys as their <laughs> coordinators? Were for each I think team. So yeah, like Taylor Lewan. Yeah, so. Taylor and uh, what Will were each coordinators on each team. I think, I think so, that's yeah. kind of cool. I think that brings another element to the spring game. That's kind of fun, just because you have the ability to bring in celebrity appearances. Now, obviously, you can draw more fans into the spring game because yeah. spring games. Obviously, Tell you what, Colorado spring game is what I'm looking forward to. Oh what yeah, that's gonna be like. Yeah, I mean, just the fact of that whole transformation has made that program just insanely popular and everybody's going to be tracking it but i think it's it's hard to bring people to spring game i understand that i mean it's not it's the full it's not the full 60 minutes of bone crushing commercial free football that you're looking for but yeah. I, it's definitely for true fans out there of that football team the amount of skill athleticism that you're going to see from guys that are still in the process of being in that red shirt eligibility that will be playing a couple years down the road. You're going to see them on display because a lot of these guys still dress for this game and they will play, but they're not necessarily going to be 
in the roster day one just because obviously personnel issues. But you're going to see some of those guys. They're going to be like, oh, man, that guy's really good. And then potentially, uh, like what we saw this year, how many guys did we lose in the wide receiver room? Yeah, we had like Tyrese, Xavier. Yeah, all of our top three guys were gone because they were hurt during that part of the season. We got to see three brand new guys that showed out in the spring game last year on the field in the national championship. So that's something that's an incentive. You can see those guys and you can say, oh my gosh, who is this guy starting? He's like, I know him. He was a really good player at the spring game because I watched him. And you can have all the bragging rights on your friends from that. So be sure to be there at 530 at Top Tagger. A lot of good festivities there. And that's going to wrap up a good week for our Ferris State Athletics coming up. Gonna be a blast, man. Gonna be a blast. We'll take a quick break when we come back. We're talking Chell. Stanley Cup playoffs underway. We'll make our picks after this. And we're back from the break, and we're talking Chell. NHL playoffs are here, and they are happening tonight. It is Monday, the 17th of 2023. One eleven at the moment, but the games start in just a few hours, and I am excited for round one, Brandon. We got a lot of great matchups here for these first rounds, especially a lot of two and three matchups, and there possibly could be some wild cards upsetting some number ones. Who knows with it so far? There's a lot of games that are suiting my fancy. I don't know about you, Brandon, but let's get into it. Absolutely. Certainly looking like a juicy bracket this year. A lot of teams that... You might not expect it to be in the positions that they are right now, certainly going into the playoffs here. I mean, look at the Kraken as a wild card team. A couple, I mean, only two years into it. They're here. Look at them go. Like an expansion team making the playoffs within that short amount of time is very impressive. Uh, Obviously, you got the big timers, too, in there. You got the Avs, of course. You got the Lightning that have been absolutely dominant over the last couple seasons in the postseason. You got basically... All of these real primetime teams. programs, really. Yeah, obviously not as many original six as we probably would have liked in this format. I was say, there's only one. Yeah, basically. But Two, sorry. Leafs and, Leafs and Rangers. Oh, yes. I forgot the Rangers. And Bruins. Sorry, I'm an idiot. Three. Yeah, obviously we'd love to see six <laughs> one time and have the, the Red Wings in there. But, uh, I mean, really, when you look at the whole season on paper right now, it's can anybody get a fire extinguisher on the Boston Bruins for how well they've played. I mean, they are looking like a premier juggernaut franchise for the way that they played this year. And I mean, just solely impressive for the season they've had already, regardless of what they do in the playoffs. But I I mean, you're looking at their bracket and there's a couple, two teams. I mean, you look at the leaves and you look at the lightning, both of those teams. If I was to look at any other two and three pairing, that could be a team to knock out the Bruins. I mean, you're looking at potentially what the Oilers and Kings maybe is the second choice on the list is the better of those two pairings. But I mean, you got the Lightning, a team that proves that their seating does not matter, that they light it up when they get to the postseason. That's why they're Stanley Cup winners. And you got the Leafs who have had a really good season in recent memory as well. So very interesting. That is true. But the Leafs have that first round exit curse on them right now. It's so true. we'll see if they can get out. Uh, whoa, Wolf. We'll figure that out, I guess. That is kind of one of the worst teams to get in the first round uh, for them, especially with the Lightning. Uh, but I think you can really kind of see some mix up there. I do think the Lightning are probably going to win that one regardless, though, because at least you just can't get over that superstition, especially in hockey. That's a big thing. But some other big ones going around. I mean, Hurricanes are going to be taking on the Islanders in that first round as well. Uh, Islanders are the wild card. Hurricanes are number one. This one's going to be interesting because Islanders do have one of the better goalies in the league right now with Sorokin. He's been playing out of his mind recently. However, you got uh, Gossespier, uh, Sveshnikov, uh, Sebastian Ajo on the Hurricanes and that uh, front line for them or that first and second line for them is just deadly and they've been really able to hold it down on that defensive side and they've been one of the main people in that Metropolitan Division or one of the main teams in that Metropolitan Division that have been making some noise all throughout the season not just having little spurts here and there but uh, the New Jersey Devils as well as the New York Rangers are going to be playing. They're another 2-3 spot. The Hughes brothers are going to be trying to lead that Devils team to a little bit farther of a playoff run than they did last year. But the Rangers, they got Kane. They got Tarasenko. Yeah, they got Kane. They got Tarasenko. They got yep. Shesterkin. They got a solid little group there that can really make some noise as well. But there's... There's a lot. I don't think that this is going to be a pretty chalk Stanley Cup playoffs. I think there could be some uh, mix up here and there. Uh, it's just going to be, I think the story is definitely for the Avs and the Bruins of what they're going to be able to do. If they're going to be able to keep that continuation of not only Avs trying to go back to back, but also Bruins 
having one of the best seasons, or regular seasons ever in the NHL history. And are they going to be able to cap it off with a Stanley Cup playoff victory? Or are they going to make it an early exit in the first and second round? Yeah, I mean, you look at those teams, especially like, obviously the Bruins have had one of the best regular seasons. You just mentioned, Joe, the Avs, of course, last year's champs. Can they run it back to back? You know, rinse, repeat, basically what they did last year. But, I mean, you look at some of these outside teams as well. I mean, the Hurricanes, they're one of the the more really kind of, I think the word that was used in an article I read was stingy defensive teams. They're very good at being able to slow down uh, opposing teams with the momentum in the puck in the offensive zone. So that's something that is crucial for a lot of these really good teams when it comes to postseason play. Uh, I mean, I'm certainly going to be interested to see what Vegas does because obviously um, their their histories already wrote themselves on how they were able to really push themselves into a new storybook on being one of the first teams to ever win in their first year as an expansion team. Um, but I mean, ever since then, they've been, they've been all right. They've been okay. They've been a decent seed in the playoffs. They haven't really done much, but I mean, they have a very favorable matchup as we were talking about off air with Winnipeg and what are they going to be able to do against a potential matchup with Connor McDavid and one of the most loaded first lines in all of hockey we've ever seen in yeah. the Oilers. Um, and then obviously the Kings as well, who are a team that they really are a really interesting matchup for the Oilers and could wreak a little bit of havoc there um, in that matchup. I'm going to be very interested to see what that goes. Um, but, I mean, they're just going to have to make sure they have consistent goaltending to make sure that they can be able to stop that offense for the Oilers. But, uh, I mean, it's going to be a really fun Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't think I've been this excited for a Stanley Cup playoffs in a hot minute. Obviously, Since probably 2008 when the Red Wings won the whole thing. Yeah. That was, that was really the last time I've been excited for us. Yeah. Cup. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. That's probably about and, the same. Uh, that's too. not great because that's a lot of times of me just being disappointed. But yeah. that Oilers team, I think you're going to see a whole brand new light because throughout this whole season, McDavid's been, been lights out. He's been setting records, obviously, but you've been able to see in a lot of games, he doesn't take over by himself all that often. He kind of likes to spread the love a little bit, but. When it comes playoff times, they're just going to give him the puck and let him go wild. And I think you're going to just see a brand new type of player that we haven't seen yet so far this season. It happens every time they make the playoffs, but you're going to just be reminded of how much better and out of everybody else's league this guy is because he is insane at the game of hockey. And I think you're going to probably see, I don't know, in this series, at least against the Kings, you might see five goals, six goals. Yeah, it could. It very well could be. I mean, you look at the Oilers. I mean. McDavid, Dreisaitl, I mean, just those two by themselves. Too. And then you have, obviously, with, um, excuse me, uh, Nugent Hopkins there on that line itself. I mean, how do you stop that Can't. front forward line? I mean, they're all goal scorers. I mean, what is it? 300 point, yeah, 300 point scores on one line. What yeah. do you do? Like, how there's do you slow times, that down? And there's been times where they get... uh. Like, it just messes up for other teams because they have their fourth line out against them, and they're just running circles. Yeah. It's just wild. They it is. Such a well-rounded team that it's surprising that they weren't able to get that first uh, seed there. I forget what. Is that Pacific? Is that the Pacific? Uh, oh, the one that we're talking about? Yeah, we're talking about Pacific right now. Yeah, Pacific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what the actual name was. It was like Pacific or West or whatever it was called. Yeah, but. it's what? Pacific, Atlantic, uh, metropolitan and central. Those are the four. Yeah. It's going to be a quite the shakeup of what this is going to go down to be. And I'm really, really excited for the Stanley cup playoff because there could be a lot of things. There could be some things that we're expecting like a Leafs first round exit. And there could be some things that we're not expecting like Seattle cracking to make it all the way to the Stanley cup finals or something like that. It's going to be wild. And I can't wait for playoff hockey because there is nothing like it. Are you hating on the fighting octopus? Yes. Okay, I am too. I don't know if Seattle will make it that. Sorry, Corbin. I know he's a big Kraken yeah, yeah, fan, big, big fan of the guy. show. But, I mean, against the abs, I don't know. That is true. But I, it'll be a tough challenge for them, that's for sure. But I think when you look at it, I mean, I think there's going to be quite a few people that would probably say that it's going to be probably the abs and the Bruins as the two favorites, and those would yeah. probably be the unanimous picks to make it to the Stanley Cup. Uh, but I think when you look at it as a whole, I mean, I think there I think there's several different ways that I could go if we we're kind of March Madness bracket hashing this thing um, as far as numbers and as far as analytics that can give you uh, a unique taste of what it could look like um, with kind of a, a crazy uh, Cinderella type of bracket. But uh, I think when it comes down to, to my picks within this bracket, uh, I think right now I really like the way the stars have played. I've always been a really kind of fan of the way they play their flow offensively is very good. Transition plays very good. 
Uh, I don't know if that's going to be enough to get over the abs, though. So I might have the abs in that one. Um, I think the Lightning will probably face the Bruins. And I think the Bruins, as much as I would like to see them potentially fall uh, in the earlier rounds, uh, I think that they could probably squeak out a game or squeak out a couple games in a series against the Lightning. But when it comes down to the lower portion of the bracket, though, I don't know if necessarily, I don't think Vegas is consistently strong enough to make it all the way to the Stanley Cup. I think a team, especially if Edmonton can find a way to beat the Kings, I think the Oilers will have, I think the Oilers honestly probably have a harder matchup in round one against the Kings and potentially Vegas in round two. And I think that's just the way the personnel lines up. And for, I think, just the consistency concerns with the Golden Knights. So I think the Oilers would be um, the team that I'd put there. Um, And it would be kind of crazy to me to put a potential three seed in, but I mean, the Rangers, man. The Rangers, I think, could be something special. But I think if there's any team that could potentially pull off a first-round upset as a wild card, I think it might be your team, Joe. Islanders, baby. I think I might be looking at the Islanders. I was going to say that, too. It was, uh, you know, their team, especially, I mean, two years ago, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. They lost against Tampa. I think it was in Game 6 or Game 7. If my uh, if my memory is complete, but Anders Lee was not playing. He was injured for basically the whole basically second half of that season. Uh, so you were missing out your captain as well as a pretty consistent goal scorer at that matter. But when you're able to get in the wild card spot, a lot of guys are ready to play. You got Cal Clutterbuck, you got Matt Barzal, who's kind of been able to get a little bit better of a swing here. He was struggling a little bit last year when they missed the playoffs completely, uh, especially after going to that Western or that Eastern Conference final. Uh, which was a tough look, but to be able to be back in it, I think that team is hungry enough to be able to create this upset to be able to make it to the second round, uh, but it's going to be a tough task seeing that Carolina is very good, uh, but yeah, Islanders, I think, are one of the wild cards I think could make it to the second round. Yeah. Bias I, aside, bias aside. Bias aside, like, If yeah. you actually look at all the, all the, I wouldn't say facts, but just all like the fact doors like that, that are going into it, Florida, not good enough to beat Boston. Boston is not, you're going to lose first round. Like, let's just be honest. In seven games, if yeah. it goes to seven games, Boston's winning game seven. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that they have game seven hosting. Uh, I think so, yeah. Which is, yeah, because they have, yeah, they they, would host, they host yeah. game seven. So that's out of the question. Vegas, the Jets just don't have it anymore. Ever since they got rid of Patrick Line, they don't really have that uh, type of game maker anymore. They've just kind of been that like just a team together that's been playing pretty solidly and they only made the wild card two spot. And if you look at the Kraken, you're playing against Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, a lot of other guys. I mean, what else can I say about that? So New York might be the only one to make it out if they are the wild card. So we'll see. Yeah. I think when you look at, I would love to see New York, New York. That would be a sick one. I think that's what I'm going to personally like pick just to root for. And that's not saying, I think Carolina's a really good hockey team as well. Uh, but, I mean, you got to pick one upset, right? You got to in the bracket. So, I think the Islanders are a team. Uh, I think when you look at the way that Sorokin has played, I think when you look at just how that team ha- has just really been put together in the sense of the offense has not always been there, and that's been the kind of the struggles for them reaching a top-tier seed. But really, especially uh, over the last couple games, I think if you can stay in even strength, because I know they are not one of the best power play teams, if I remember correctly, statistically, uh, I think they can have a really good chance against uh, the Hurricanes, and I think that could be a potential upset winner for them. Uh, but I think the Rangers, with what they've put together, uh, I think would be my pick coming out of there. But I think when you you see the, I mean, just being able, I mean, what Chris Drury has done as the GM for the Rangers, I mean, Tarasenko, Patrick Kane, bringing them in, and it was just like, a match made in heaven. I mean, those guys fit into those lines seamlessly, flawlessly. And I think that's what's made them so good of a team. And then you obviously have you have Chesterkin as well. Uh, you have Adam Fox, who's played really well. I think that the Rangers could be a team that can come out of there um, as a number three seed. So that would be a very intriguing series. But I think that it's just going to be, I think it's just going to be fun to see this series play out because I think a lot of people are probably tuning into the Stanley Cup finals that not necessarily are watching hockey just due to the, obviously, the expansion awareness on ESPN. Um, but I think just with the amount of, uh, I wouldn't call it necessarily, I think with the amount of newsworthiness that's been in the league, especially over the last couple of weeks and the last couple of months, really since the trade deadline, because the Rangers really started it all up. And then obviously the Bruins 
went through the regular season. Obviously, everybody's been watching the Avs since last year when they won it all. And then you got a couple of these sleeper teams that are finally kind of making their way back. Uh, I think it's just going to ring a really good series. I think you're going to see a lot of good ratings from this series. I think you're going to see a lot of good games from this series. Mm -hmm. I think that's just going to be a lot of good feedback. And I think especially competing with the NBA Finals, uh, I don't think necessarily it's going to be as hard of a task this upcoming year just because I think the NBA Finals right now, there's just a lot going on on the outside of the game itself. I think people are kind of, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll tune in. But like, oh, hey, look, the NHL's on. Maybe I'll watch that instead. It might be more exciting in this sense. Yeah, for sure. So game one's happening today in round one. Islanders and Hurricanes are taking each other on at seven. Panthers and Bruins are going at 7.30. Kings and Oilers are at 10. And then Wild, Star, Wild and Stars are at 9.30. And then tomorrow, Tuesday, Rangers and Devils take each other on at 7. As the first game, Lightning and Maple Leafs at 7.30. Jets and Golden Knights at 9.30. And the nightcap is Kraken versus Avalanche at 10 o'clock. Ooh, doggy. Full night of hockey. Whole lot of hockey. Whole lot of hockey. Whole lot of hockey. Yes. Too bad we'll be in a meeting for the Islanders-Hurricanes game. Yeah, unfortunate. But we track it on the phone, though. That's true. I'll you probably can... be watching it in the meeting. Oh, Joe. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's I, be real here. Let's I'll probably real. do the same thing, but it's okay. Uh, NBA Finals as well. Going to be very interesting as well. The Kings, your team. Got game one Big win. Big W. First win since 2006 in the playoffs, man. Let's go. Light, light the, the beam. Light the beam, baby. That's going to be a whole lot of fun, but should be a really fun postseason all the way around. NHL and NBA uh, certainly going to be a blast when it comes to the entirety and we'll be sure to cover that here on this show coming up for all of you to enjoy thank you all for tuning in be sure to subscribe at the mbsp at i think that was a pat McAfee reference i did accidentally but you can find us on instagram twitter at the mbsp as well as on youtube spotify apple podcast spotify for podcasters just instead of anchor because obviously that changed so glad that they've been able to help us as well as all of our platforms and you can check out all of our content on WBRN as well. All the radio fans on the weekend, Saturdays, 3 o'clock, you can check us out there as well. And you can get all the goodness for me you and can. Joe. Yeah, Hopefully can. with more caffeinated shows. Before. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> sorry if the energy was a little low today. Uh, both were feeling tired. I promise I was trying. I'm going to have to get like a monster or something or just a shot of caffeine yeah, or something. Four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep, three of them being on a bus is... Not something to be... Yeah, not great. Not great, but we'll make sure to get something out for you guys. Appreciate you guys sticking with us. So until next time. Take care, everybody.